Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Realcom Live. Uh, boy, to this week, we have got a, a fun and interesting and exciting conversation ahead. And uh, last week, we kind of teased, uh, we didn't tell everybody what we were doing, but keeping in uh, the spirit of trying to keep this conversation interesting and, and lively and energetic, again, we're going mobile, uh, and we're coming to you live from the lobby of the Wave Hotel in Lake Nona. And we believe that um, not only is it more interesting when we get out on the streets, so to speak, but you know, technology and innovation are interesting when you talk about them. They become real when you see them in action. And so more and more, we're gonna be going out to the projects that use the technology so our audience can literally see and experience what it is the technology results in, the experience that it results in. And so we have got two exciting guests today, Jesse Blakely, the VP of Communications at Tavistock Development, a development company out of Florida that uh, you're all going to want to learn more about. And number, uh, our second guest is Rahul Bami, Chief Business Officer at VIEW. Uh, between the two of them, you're going to see some things and experience some things that you may not have seen before. Uh, but before we bring them on, let's show you a brief video of the VIEW Hotel uh, so you can get some context of our conversation. You know, I have, um, first of all, welcome to both of you, and thank you for taking the time to do this today. And Jesse, I see that you're mobile inside the lobby for you. Thank you for the time and the effort to do that. And I got to tell you, I have been some pretty details in my career. Uh, in my mind, I mean, I, Bobby, um, Sean, guys have got something pretty special and, and I haven't been there yet. I'm just looking at the videos and the photos, but you seem to have taken um, the hotel lodging experience to another level. Uh, is that the case? Is that, is that, are my eyes deceiving me or is that not the case? <laughs> no, I think you're exactly right, Jim. And thank you for having us on. We're really excited to tease out what hopefully many people will be able to experience when they're here for your conference in a few weeks. So I am sitting in the, the lobby of the Wave Hotel. And I do think to your point, it's very indicative example of how we as a development company look at things a bit differently. Uh, outside the box, if you will. And at that core is innovation and technology and the hotel is brimmed with that opportunity um, that we can we can talk more about. I, I'm telling you, I've been at this a long time and that's been the message of Realcom for almost 25 years now to combine legitimate innovation with the built environment, which is very conservative, very yeah. stoic. And, and and so let's let's start the conversation with you giving us a little overview of the history, the vision, the founders. Tell us where the people came from that gave us gave you this foundation as a real estate developer to try and do innovative things. So let's start with the beginning. You could. Sure. Well, uh, the Wave Hotel is part of the Tavistock Group portfolio. We are um, a business owned by the Lewis family, and we have holdings all over the world. Um, as a development company, and here where I sit today in Lake Nona, we are a 17 square mile community. That's a little over 11,000 acres for perspective. So we're really a city within a city in, um, in the uh, um, city of Orlando here, and we're adjacent to the Orlando International Airport. And over time, we've developed um, to really create a thoughtful, smart city. And if you think about that, how often, um, I can't think of really anywhere uh, where a city has been created in modern times um, in less than two decades. Um, and so we've really had the ability to plan this smart city from scratch 
and be very intentional about all the pieces and parts that have gone into it, including this beautiful hotel. So, um, so, all right. I mean, we could spend hours talking about it. Um, and, and unfortunately, we're only going to have about 18 minutes. Raul, let's go to you. Now, you've, you've been very actively involved with the view on Lake Nona as, as a whole as it relates to the technology, the view, the windows. Can you give us a little bit about a little background on you and then the role and relationship you played in this development process? Sure, <clears throat> Jim and uh, Jesse, great to see you again. And, and uh, Jim, I'll just describe view a bit and then talk about how we've been involved with Lake Nona. So view for, uh, for folks who don't know us, we're a smart building technology company uh, based out of Silicon Valley. Um, we started with smart windows and uh, uh, with a vision to really just make the human experience in buildings better in terms of just having a better experience, being healthier, being more carbon friendly. Um, you know, before us, the word smart and windows didn't get used in the same sentence very often, just to explain what they are. Uh, think of transition lenses for buildings. So glass that tints automatically with response to the sun. So you always have a view, no blinds and no heat or glare. So you not only is it more comfortable, it also saves energy. And we approached this from a technology perspective early on, and we've since expanded to now think about software solutions and how do we really make a building like our phones today, make it truly interactive, truly smart, and take all the massive amount of data that exists in a building and use it to give us more insights to improve our living experience. You know, we all spend 90% of our time indoors. And in the press, you hear a lot of obsession about how to make cars better, where we spend 5%. But real estate is where we spend 90% of our time. And so how do we make that experience healthier? How do that we make it better? interesting stat, yeah. How much time do we spend in our cars versus inside yeah. the building? Yep. Exactly. And how do, you, how do we reduce a carbon footprint? Just make all of that better. So we've been approaching this very holistically. And I can honestly say, you know, over the six years I've been doing this, uh, we started talking to Tavistock about five years ago. Uh, I have not seen a group this uh, uh, this foresighted in terms of thinking holistically about, uh, I think, as Jesse said, making a smart city. But, you know, you, you'll see a lot of places in the world where they're smart for the sake of smart. It's technology just there. Yeah. I think uh, the Tavistock groups really use technology to think very holistically about making buildings healthier. So they've thought of everything from natural light and you know using our products not but natural light about sound how are people more productive collecting data on sleep and how they sleep better to connectivity to thinking through about how to future proof it and really i think it's the densest impl implementation of fiber i've seen anywhere uh, well so they've been very very so the uh, word, I'm sorry, foresighted about it yeah so the word that comes to my mind is thoughtful okay and you are absolutely right I can't tell you that the number of times a real estate CEO was on an airplane, read something about a gadget, goes back to his technical team and says, we got to do this. So Jesse, the word thoughtful means sometimes, you know, uh, deliberate. It means, you know, willing to do some research. Can you tell us a little bit about, you mentioned earlier about your team's willingness to jump on airplanes and your international travel and how that's impacted the thought, thoughtfulness that goes into a project like this? Yeah, Jim, if I can, I want to hit on what Raul said first, though, because I think our mission is what really makes us unique and drives that intentionality and that decisiveness and choice, uh, which has been very unique across all of our products. And so our mission from day one 
has been to create the ideal place that inspires human potential. And how do we do that? Through innovative collaboration. And so when you come from that standpoint and when you really look at it from that lens, it drives that innovation, it drives that technology, and it really drives that exceptionality, Jim, to your point of looking and taking the time and seeing what's out there you know, what best practices can be implemented in other parts of the world that quite frankly, you may not even see uh, in America. Um, and we've taken a lot of those best practices and learnings and that out of box thinking and that drive to be exceptional in everything that we do and put that into place. And I think, you know, the, the fun thing about Lake Nona, and I know you and I talked a little bit about the living lab concept is that Lake Nona is here today. We are living proof of the future and what it can look like today. A lot of this technology and a lot of these um, products like Raoul's View Glass are available today, but maybe not being implemented as widely as they could be. Um, and you have to think outside the box and you have to be willing to try some things in order to get that environment. Right, so we're not gonna, we don't have the time to go into all the technology features of not just the Wave Hotel, but of Lake Nona, but I do wanna touch on a couple. And, and let's start, obviously, Raul, with the view glass, okay? So, and, and we're going to be, you know, showing this on the tour during RealCom and IBCon and hopefully get you guys in the in the showcase so everybody you know, who doesn't go on the tour can talk about it. And then also some some special things we're working on with, with some of your executives. Um, but let's talk a little bit about the view glass experience in the room. Okay, what, how does that work, Raul? Sure. So, you know, as I was saying earlier, Jim, views really about letting in more natural light. There's a lot of research around the fact that our circadian rhythms are better and we sleep better when we have more natural light and not artificial light. So even if I look across Lake Nona, views installed in nine buildings already uh, with the design standard for the next 20 that are going to come up. And by the way, this is the one thing I love about Tavistock is the ability not just to experiment, but to do things at scale. At scale. Critical. And yep. Yeah, and so we did a we did our first building about four years ago. Everybody loved it and said, "Great, now we're doing this across the board, right?" And it was quick, smart, thoughtful decision making around. We believe in this. Let's go do it. But and now how this works? Uh, we've seen this. We've already collected data in other places. Where when we're in the uh, when we're in the building and people are living with it, they're actually sleeping better. They're less stressed out. They're getting fewer headaches. This is like truly using technology to make make the technology invisible, but to make our experiences in life better. Yeah. By the way, we've got amazing views. And yeah. uh, the hotel is great. I, I had the, I stayed there in February, had the pleasure of staying there. It's easily the smartest hotel I've stayed in. And, and what I love about it, it's not just, again, the technology is just woven in, in a very natural way. So it's a beautiful hotel with art and everything, but everything just works. Yep. which is how good technology should be. It's like when the iPhones first came out. We didn't really think about the technology. It just worked. It worked. Well, it's funny because um, I, I went to Marina Bay Sands in Singapore, you know, thinking that because it was such an architecturally stunning, beautiful, innovative, you know, you know, hotel that I would see some of the things that we're talking about now. And I didn't, right? And so when you say a truly smart hotel, a lot of people put things on their brochures, but very few people actually deliver, right? So, so Jesse, before we go on break, we, we had a little conversation before we went on about the smart toilets, okay? And um, I had discovered smart toilets in Japan and, and in uh, China and Korea probably about 15 years ago, had one in the house for a long time. And can you give us a little summary of the, the journey you guys went through in the decision-making 
to put a smart toilet into uh, the bathrooms at uh, the wave? Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a fun, it's one of the fun wows of the building, right? Um, that everybody seems to appreciate. But we, we did make the decision um, after we had already started construction. And so there was a lot of, you know, thoughtfulness that went to, you know, was it the right decision? You don't see a lot of hotels. In fact, we don't know of any other hotel in America that has got all Toto smart toilets in, in a hotel. Um, so, you know, we wanted to make sure it was the right decision, but, um, you know, it was a costly decision to go back and, and to do some of the infrastructure uh, that laid into the game as we were. And um, I will say though, you know, we, we get frequent guest feedback. Um, we survey all of our guests and ask them what their favorite features are. And the toilets are among, among the best. I mean, who doesn't like walking into a room and having a smart toilet welcome you with a warm seat that waves down as you walk into the room. So. Yeah, it's it's a it, it's a fun feature. And, and and as we were talking earlier as well, I I'm amazed at the reliability. Ours is probably close to 15 years old, and and it, it, I don't think it's been an issue. we've had an issue with it. So I mean, and a, and a toilet's a piece of equipment in a home or in, a, in this case a hotel that gets a lot of um, a lot of uh, you know wear and tear. And so I, I'm really excited that you were willing to take the risk not to put in just a few rooms. But the entire hotel, you know, and I, I've traveled and I've seen a little bit in Japan in, in hotels. Uh, but other than Japan, really, even in, in uh, Shanghai and uh, in the Middle East, not as much um, you know, people willing to put those in, into every guest room. So uh, A plus and, and we'll be curious to see how the experiment works out. You know? And when we come back, we're going to talk about this idea of a lab. Um, Lake Nona is, is saying you know, it's a place that they can come and learn from the consumer and get feedback. Uh, it was that was once the vision of Walt Disney, who said Epcot was supposed to be a lab where people could come together and try new ideas together. So let's hear from our one of our sponsors, and we'll be right back and continue this fun conversation. It's just it's just so fun hanging around with innovative people on on every stretch, from our solution providers to folks like you, you know, people trying to solve real problems. And P.S. Having fun and making money, right? So. It, it's not an all or nothing proposition. I think we can solve some big problems and, and have a lot of fun along the way. So, uh, Jesse, we talked at length about this concept of okay. Can you explain what that means in practical terms for a real estate developer? Sure. So, you know, I think the idea, and Raul kind of touched on it in terms of scalability, is to really be willing to take some risks and put it into action, right? So we've been called a test bed or a living lab, um, and we see that across our partners who come in. Uh, we are working with Verizon right now. We're one of their only 5G labs um, in America where they're just testing out the, the technology we don't even know that it's going to enable yet, right? Uh, we have a partnership with Hitachi where we're looking at movement analytics so that we can study congestion patterns and, and prepare for the future. Um, you know, all of these things kind of play into, you know, how you can uh, explore things today. Lake Nona is here today um, and it's doing... Uh, not just doing technology for technology's sake, which I think, uh, again, Jim, you mentioned this earlier, but doing technology in a smart and meaningful way that inspires human potential. And again, I'll go back to our mission because that drives everything that we do. And so a lot of the technology, even the view glass that's to my left here, um, you know, it's ambient technology. It's not always technology that is complicated or scary or uh, you know, something that you has, have to physically do, right? It's happening all around you and you don't even know it. And I think that's some of the beauty of, of the Wave Hotel and a lot of our, our products across Lake Nona. So, Raul, keeping on that same theme of the living lab, I mean, yeah. I get the sense that your company iterates pretty quickly, right? 
What's, yep. what's the process like from when you first started getting client feedback and how fast can you implement the changes that you're getting from the client who's telling you what the consumer or the, or the client wants? Absolutely. And Jim, that's an excellent question, right? So I came from the semiconductor industry. We believed in Moore's law, which is every, you know, we change, have a new generation every 18 months. So we've designed even our products to do that. So one example is if you look at every piece of glass we have or every window, every window is IP addressable, similar to what Tesla does. We can do software upgrades over the air. So we've actually done this where in the past we've gotten feedback from a building and literally a month later updated the algorithm so that the building runs better. So literally your building is getting better each month or each quarter when, you, when you're using us. We can iterate that quickly. Uh, the other thing we're doing with the concept of a living lab, even at Lake Nona, for example, what's invisible with our glass, and by the way, I'm sitting behind the glass also here, uh, you see right behind me, uh, is uh, that we have a full converged network. And one of the things we're working with Tavistock on is essentially using that as the backbone for 5G networks and 5G coverage inside buildings. So those are the kind of things where we like start checking all my boxes. <laughs> so we started this first at the Wit House, and I think when people come to Realcom, they'll they'll see it. I don't want to give all the the right. uh, you know as a teaser. If you if you like Minority Report and Blade Runner, you're going to see some stuff that's going to blow your mind when you come. But you know, we started there, then we did it in one of the office buildings, and we're literally working right now on. Uh, how do we get better indoor cellular coverage? And that may end up being a three-way between Tavistock and Verizon and ourselves. But and I, and I, and I, want, I, want, to, I want to kind of put a, a warning flare out there for folks who come looking not to find the good ideas, but looking to maybe criticize. Oh, it's not as good as I thought. It, whether or not the technology execution meets your expectations is not the question. The fact is there are people, is somebody at the plate swinging the bat. And if they don't get it the first time, you don't get better at swinging the bat unless you strike out a few times, you hit a couple of singles. You can't, and that sometimes the attention deficit, you know, syndrome that packs business people in general is like, I want it now. What you're doing can't happen fast. I mean, it, it actually, it is happening fast by our standards, but 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 you have to be willing to to look and consider and evaluate and then recast your your ideas and, and 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 so i'm sorry go ahead and to that i was going to say we believe in a culture of learning cycles to your point you have to actually iterate and that's how you get better quickly yes so if you wait for perfection you'll never release a product never get it exactly yeah. so okay i want to end on this question if we could and nothing to do with technology nothing to do about real estate has to do with executive leadership change management so jesse on the top screen comes from the real estate industry who historically iterates very slowly. You on the bottom screen come from the technology industry that iterates very fast. So between the two of you, right, you're kind of the, the spectrum, but you've come together and are both iterating at the same speed. Jesse, let's start with you. What do you tell your real estate community as it relates to taking risks in regards to innovation? I mean, what advice would you give to your peers about getting into the game and figuring out what buildings of the future might look like? 
Well, I think as we've all hit on, you know, the technology is available today. The products are there today. The innovators exist. And we've created this entrepreneurial playground, if you will, where they're aggregated here and they've become partners and collaborators and innovators with us like Raul. Um, and I would just encourage people to do that. It's if you don't try and you don't fail, you won't learn and you won't be exceptional. And that is the challenge from our leadership is to, to be exceptional in everything that we do. And we are only as good as the group that we collaborate with and Raul and the team at View and all of our other partners. You know, it's it's the better together um, in the collaborative environment that is truly the special sauce. So we need to just tape record, or we've recorded it. So take the last 30 seconds of what you just said, could not have said it any better. And you add on your willingness to look globally and to get on airplanes and to go see best practices, not just in North America, the United States, but globally, and iterate them into your into your process. It's extraordinary Absolutely. on every level. Raul, last word. You've dealt with a lot of, of organizations, right? And people who adopt your innovative ideas and those who don't. What's your insight or advice to the industry? It's a, it's a Jim, great question. And I'd say, you know, what we've, to second what Jesse said, we don't have, we look at it as, what we have at Tavistock is not a customer supplier relationship. It's a true partnership. Yeah. So we look at that and let's innovate together. And I think both sides have had this upfront to say, we'll experiment. Not everything will work perfectly the first time. And the commitment is not, it works perfectly. The commitment is if, if something doesn't work, let's fix it and let's innovate as quickly as possible. And that's what we've done. And I think the proof's in the pudding. Uh, I remember the first time I visited Tavistock, I drove around Lake Nona about five years ago. There were a couple of buildings. There were, you know, a lot of green and pastures and a couple of holes in the ground. I don't recognize the place today. You go there every every few months. The whole community's there. It's That's amazing. how Dubai was when I first went. There was sand and then there was, you know, 200-story yeah. buildings. <laughs> Crazy. And, and I think everybody who lives and works there loves it. So yeah. I think I'd, I'd encourage everyone to come and check it out. And I think they're going to absolutely be blown away with the fact that it's as Jesse said at one point, it's not here's what's possible in the future, it's what's happening today. Right, well, and, and we chose Orlando very specifically for this year's conference, coming out of the pandemic, trying to get things you know geared up again. Orlando, you know, starting with Disney and others, you know, one of the most innovative cities in the country, I believe, you know, whether it's monorail transportation systems or underground utilities and, and vacuum systems that, you know, suck. You know, waste into you know plants on site. I mean, they they just do contemporary hotel first attempt at at um, you know, prefabricated construction. So a lot of innovation historically in that city, and Lake Nona is just leading right into that into that history. And so I want to say thank you for coming on today. Thank you for what you're doing. And we talked about it today, and in just about two months. People are going to be able to see it if, if we there, there's going to be limited you know spots on that tour, but uh, we also hope to have uh, Tavistock integrated into a lot of the programming at the conference. So um, if you're a real estate owner, operator, developer, end user, corporate real estate user, university, anybody with a building, um, I think seeing is believing, and we're excited that uh, that you'll have us and uh, and that we can get your message out a little bit. Yeah. Well, we appreciate it, Jim. We're happy to help have everybody. Keep up the great work, and I look forward to seeing you in person shortly. Yes. And have, have a great day. Be well. Yep. Thanks, Jim. Yep. Bye bye. Bye. All right. Mr. Berger, going to tell us about the news uh, coming in after, um, after that conversation. Boy, oh, boy. <laughs>
Listen, Ed, thanks, Jim. That's a tough act to follow. And uh, thank you, Raul and Jesse. What a great story. I, I am really looking forward to seeing you both and experiencing Lake Nona when we're in Orlando this June. Yeah. Uh, just a brilliant success well, story. Well, for the two of you, for the two of us who've been, you know, traveling the world literally for the last 25 years, from Singapore to Seoul, South Korea to Shanghai, Europe, looking for these types of projects that are really risk takers. It is encouraging to know we all we need to do is take a domestic flight to see some of the best practices in the world. Yes, yes. Uh, encouraging. Great, great find. Yep. Um, All right, let me get out of your way and show us the news. All right, I'm gonna move. So I'm gonna recap just a couple of stories from this week's news. So our lead story comes from Richard Newberry. He's the CEO at KMC Control. And if you turned into the show last week, Richard and Jim had a great talk on industry supply chain crunch and how it's impacting both commercial real estate industry as well as the nation at large. And so you, the basic problem is that most modern supply chains, they're op optimized for just-in-time manufacturing, which works great if manufacturers have a fairly predictable cadence of components arriving uh, and, and just in time, but just in time manufacturing doesn't require holding a large stock of inventory on hand, which if available could absorb supply chain disruption. So the pandemic threw a monkey wrench in the work, works, manufacturing lead times exploded from days to months, some cases years. And one product in particular hit, hit many critical manufacturing set of sectors the hardest, and that's the semiconductors, which as you know, are the lifeblood of all computerized technology. So how can the building automation industry, which relies on semiconductors for control systems, address these challenges? Well, I think, and, and Richard indicates in the article, first, we all need to be proactive in addressing the supply chain issues. How? We need to, sh I think we, first thing is we need to share information, even with competitors, and figure out how we can work together to help each other with sourcing and, and, and other issues. But fundamentally, I think we all really need to take steps become less reliant on overseas manufacturing. So bottom line, great article. Uh, next from this week's tech partner, Intelligent Buildings, uh, and the uh, it, it, this week's article is a continuation of the cyber series. It is entitled, Building Systems or Your Secure Cybersecurity Alamo. And the basic premise is how your contractors configure and back up or not your building systems and determine if you'll have business continuity or the ability to recover from a cybersecurity incident. So in the first newsletter of the series, the folks at IB suggested that cyber is not enough for protecting building systems like HVAC, elevators, lighting, access control, and parking. And this week, they focused on backups. So system backup, very common in enterprise IT, even smartphones, which automatically back up your data, making, yeah, I mean, if you're restoring an iPhone now, it's just a snap, uh, it happens automatically. Uh, but with a higher level of threats now looming, new owners owners now really need to be vigilant to ensure that they're backed up properly and quickly respond and recover from a malicious intrusion. So this is another great article in the cyber series from Intelligent Buildings. Uh, third article, uh, question, is 800 Fulton, Chicago really Chicago's smartest building? So Quadreal and Thor Equities just announced the completion of 800 Fulton in the fast-growing Fulton Market District. And this is a 326-foot-tall mixed-use office tower designed by SOM and includes pandemic-responsive design features from seven landscape terraces that allow for indoor-outdoor workspaces to state-of-the-art building, uh, smart building systems. 
So the projects lead platinum targets, well building standard certification, and it has some great tech, including a wide range of building and health and wellness features, uh, which are powered by a cloud-based building network and management systems by B building IoT that actually uses machine learning to continually improve the tenant experience. Uh, they also have uh, advanced indoor air quality management, EV charging, electric scooters for tenants, 5G DAS connectivity, and use RISE mobile tenant app for access control and the ability to reserve uh, amenities. This is all wrapped up in an eco-focused design with a carbon footprint that's 10% lower than the 2030 target goal. Great job, Thor and Quadre. Finally, I just want to shout out to the new Heinz Global Digital Strategy Group, the GDSG. Uh, I'm sorry, HGD. SG, never mind. Heinz just announced the creation of the Global Digital Strategy Office with the promotion of three of their leaders. And the GDSO, that's it, will be led by Eileen Goldfein, who was promoted to Chief Digital Strategy Officer. Jeannie Schneider was promoted to Chief Technology Officer and Adam Hastings as Chief Data Officer. So, um, and, I, and I quote, uh, by establishing this new office, the combined team can now better anticipate plan for the disruptions and opportunities that technology brings to real estate and investing, says Jeff Hines, co-CEO and chairman of Hines. So just a hearty congratulations to Eileen, Jeannie and Adam. Uh, they're very engaged in, uh, you know, in Realcom. Um, and uh, just- uh, Hines really has been such a phenomenal supporter for decades. And, um, and the innovation that takes place in that company uh, just doesn't stop. It's, it's really good to see. Yeah. And then, and then the, just a little bit on that first article uh, written by KMC on the supply chain. I mean, you saw today how fun the conversation was about what's possible and moving things forward in innovation. We got to get two things taken care of in this industry very quickly. Otherwise, all this innovation could come to a grinding halt. Number one is cyber. We just got to deal with it seriously. And then right along with cyber is, there, is the twin sister privacy. And then the other thing is the supply chain issue. If we don't have the fundamental components for the technology to go into these buildings and our delivery times are two, three years out, that's not acceptable. It will slow us down from a global innovation perspective and we just can't afford it. So we're gonna be making a little bit of a big deal about the supply chain issue at the conference. A little negative, it's not the fun stuff, but we can't ignore it. And uh, Yeah, I, and I don't think we're gonna be able to rebuild the infrastructure to, you know, to to resource, you know, to be able to manufacture here in the States, everything that we need. So I, in the meantime, I think we have to learn how to work together. History has uh, shown when we put our heads together, there is nothing that Americans cannot accomplish. Yeah. And I believe that if we just bring light to the problem and get the right people in the room with determination, we can break all the rules. We don't need to take three to five years to fix some of this stuff. Uh, there's there's answers lying out there right now. We just got to get creative and back to work. We got to get in the mindset that we, we, you know, listen, we're all suffering from this. We need to we need to to reach out and help each other on this. Oh, and on that article, just a quick uh, quick correction. Uh, I said uh, it was written by Richard Newberry. Uh, it was actually written by Jason Mills, right. um, uh, uh, a VP over there at KMC Controls. So yeah, great article. Really, he he covered it nicely. So, yeah. all right, Howard, uh, thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Jim. All right. Before we wrap and I bring uh, talk about next week's show, let's hear from our final sponsor and I will be right back. All right. Next week. Well, we're just about two months out. 
to the conference. Things are lighting up. Uh, the details, the crossing the T's and dotting the I's take place. And we thought it would be a good time to bring in our, co our chairs, our co-chairs for the conference, both on the Realcom side and the IBCon side. You know, these are senior leaders. They've been guiding us on the program. They've been bringing the big issues to us and are really helping us shape this year's events. So Cecilia Lee from Urban Edge Properties, Jesse Carrillo from Howard Hughes Corp and Jeremy Poteet from JBG Smith, three exceptional leaders in our industry are gonna join us next week. And we're gonna talk about what's going on in the industry, what's happening, what's important, what are the challenges and what kind of conversations we're gonna be having at Realcom and IBCon in Orlando this June. Join us next week. We look forward to seeing you and love to hear from you. Ideas, concepts, the conversations, topics. Um, we do this for you and uh, we need your feedback uh, every day. Thank you so much and have a great weekend. Be well.